right? And today I want to cast this vision because I want you to understand what we are doing. Alright, because most of the time when we talk about giving money, it becomes a little bit uncomfortable for people. It shouldn't be uncomfortable because God talks money. Do you know that Jesus talked more about money than he talked about the Holy Spirit? Why? Because money, when you conquer the issue of money, you've conquered the issue of man. When money loses its place in your heart, then God begins to gain his place in your heart. Because you cannot serve too much. And so, I'm going to go through this. Now listen. If a wise person is a person who has foresight. You know what foresight is, right? That is you are in the present. But you can, through foresight, look at tomorrow and adjust yourself. True or false? A wise person is a person who has foresight. If a woman is pregnant, the foresight is that in nine months, she's given birth. I mean, that's not rocket science, right? It would be foolish for a woman who is pregnant today to be waiting to the ninth month. To, to <laughs> that's when she starts preparing for the child. I mean, for the women here who've given birth, right? The moment you know you're giving birth, the room is being decorated. Right? You're buying stuff. You're adjusting yourself. You're, because you know you have a foresight. You know something is coming and it needs to be prepared for. Let's, let, let me read something here in the scripture. Proverbs 22, 22, 3. Look at what it's saying. A prudent man foresees evil or foresees good and hides himself or prepares himself. But a simple pass on and a punish the simple. When we don't have the ability to foresee, then we don't have the ability to mitigate the things that will be going through us. Simple men, they pass through and are punished. Some of the things that we are going through today is because we didn't have the ability to foresee. And we need to foresee so that we can make better plans. The reason why today we are thinking about a building is this. Is that one day we'll need one. Praise God. That is not a wishful thinking. That is actually looking at things the way they are going. Because I have seen your kids over here. Praise God. <laughs> When will they go when they become teenagers? Now, you know, I'm planning to give back to many. Amen? Amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen. So, where will my, we need classes. What about the people you're talking about, you're talking to at Walmart? And at uh, the places, where will they come and sit and learn the word of God? So a prudent man foresees, right? You see. You begin watching that. As we are growing as a church, I can see we need a building. And so wisdom calls that you prepare for it. It's not when this place is jam-packed, that's when we say like, oh guys, I think we need a building. That is lack of wisdom. It's lack of wisdom. You don't carry a baby for nine months and then one week to deliver, you go like, oh, by the way, is she going to sleep? It is lack of wisdom, right? I mean, you've been carrying that baby for nine months. It's opportunity for you to think. Now, God is doing some things in this church and it's opportunity for us to think. Now, the responsibility of building the church is our responsibility. Are we getting this? May you not sit there and be a consumer. Be part of building what God is building. Hallelujah. Now let's look at Proverbs 6, 6 to 11. <laughs> this, is, this is interesting. Look at this. He said, go to the end. You sluggard. The word sluggard means lazy. Right? Or slothful. Go to those little, little bugs. Consider her ways and be wise. 
Now, this is, easy. this is a simple way of God saying that, you know, that thing is wiser than you. God just sugarcoats it. <laughs> I don't mean you, you, praise God. I just mean people who are not here, praise God. He said, consider the ways which having no captain or overseer or ruler, they don't have a leader, but they still think. Nobody needs to tell them that you need to put away some things. Look at this. Say, Provides her supplies in the summer and gathers her food in the harvest. So when they're harvesting, something is going on. The ants, this one that you can do like this and kill. They think that mm, there's a season that is coming. Let me not eat everything. I mean, I come from an agrarian society. I will see ant hill. And when you go and you know, bust the anthill, you find food in there. They conserve because they know when they can go out and, and they can eat, they eat, but they take some and they put aside so that when winter comes, are you saying this? Or when there's a time of no harvest, they still have food. Now, if an ant, a bird can think, we can think as a church. We can think as a church because there's going to be one day your children are going to be teenagers. Your children are going to be young adults. They will need a room to come and sit around and discuss issues. There's going to be a time our children will need a playground. We don't want to send them to places where we don't know what's happening there. We're thinking, right? This is thinking. This is thinking. This is thinking. It is a process that everybody can do and so we do it freely in this church. We need a building one day and we're going to start thinking about it today. Hallelujah. He continues to say how long will you slumber oh lazy person when you raise from your sleep <laughs> a little sleep a little slumber a little folding of the hands <laughs> of the hands, so shall your white poverty come. Just a little like, you know, I'm, I'm just going to think about that next year. Right? A little, I'm going to apply for that job today. A little of that so that your poverty comes. So you could be in poverty today because you are slothful or you are lazy. What is laziness? Is what you are meant to do today, you postpone to tomorrow. Little sleep, a little slumber. So shall so your poverty come and you like a pro and you on you like a prowler and you and your need like an armed man. It's like a thief when you're not watchful. I don't want us to come to a day when it is a rude awakening. Like, hey, we need a place. No, we need a place. So we start thinking about it today. We start thinking about it today. Look at Psalms 90, 12 says, So teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Teach me to number my days. You should be, if you are, you know your age, right? You should be now looking at how many years do I need to live and then begin to apply your mind to wisdom. <laughs> Praise God. I, I know you didn't come for this kind of a sermon. But let's talk about it, right? You know your age, right? You need to calculate and say, how much more can I see? Praise God. And then you now apply your heart to wisdom. I no longer need to hang out with the young boys. They have more than me. Praise God. So you can't be going to the club with the 20-year-olds. Praise God. Listen, they have opportunity to make mistakes. You don't. Are you getting me? So you need to apply your mind to wisdom. We don't, we don't have the opportunity to be lazy and not think about our children right now. Because they are growing. Angel is one year old. I was just the other day when her mother was giving birth to her, I was in the hospital playing around with her. Right now, Angel is independent. <laughs> she doesn't want you to, you know, she wants to do everything by herself. Very soon, she'll be telling me, Pastor, can I sing? 
Now we have to think about it. You don't let it go like, oh, okay, sorry, Angel, which class should, is you going to? So wisdom is having foresight and preparing for it. Now, so what I'm telling you is, what we know is that we need space. Now let's look at, look at why we need space. Now we're not building for the sake of having a beautiful building, even though the building we'll build is beautiful. Praise God. Uh, you know I'm in charge. Praise God. Uh, there's another part of me that likes beautiful things. Praise God. That thing will be beautiful, splendid. You will tell, you will like, you will like, when you tell people that is our church, it will come easy from your mouth. <laughs> you will not struggle to tell people that's our church. Because, you know, people like beautiful stuff, right? You know, you like relating with beautiful stuff. That's our church. So it's going to be beautiful. But the idea is not just the beauty or the accolades we get. The idea is different. And let's look at it. The one idea why we need a bit is to effectively serve the souls of men. The active word there is effectively. You don't need a building to serve souls. But to do it effectively, you need one. For example, these people that we are talking to in Walmart and every, if you, they ask you, so hey, where do you, where do you fellowship? And then you, tell, you give them a card to your apartment. Will they come? With this creepy world? <laughs> okay, just come to my apartment. <laughs> They'll go like, okay, I like your Jesus, but your apartment. No, no, I'm not coming. Right? So, so you see, what has happened there is that there's an opportunity to continue ministering, but it fails because there is no facility. It is too effectively. I'm not trying to say that you cannot minister without a building. What I'm trying to say is effectiveness. We need to do it with a lot of effectiveness. Ness. So buildings matter because souls matter. Are you seeing this? We are not just, now listen, if we build a building and the souls are not being impacted, we are wasting the building. We are wasting resources. But if we are building and we are using it as a tool for souls, then we are putting it into effective use. Yesterday, the people that were here, they were here in this, under this roof. Nobody told us we were making noise. Nobody came and told us it's time for you to leave. They were not freezing. Can you imagine having a Bible study under a tree and it's winter? I mean, nobody will listen to Jesus. I'm cold, right? But the, the heat was on. There was food. And which means the environment was conducive for the word of God. So that is what facilities do. They're not just a decoration. Now some people use them for different things. But we are using them to effectively minister. So buildings matter because souls matter. So when we are saying we are building a, we want to build a debt-free building, it's not just as an emblem or a monument of our pride. No, this is something to reach souls and continuously reach souls. Would you have come today, ask yourself, if you knew that we would meet in a park somewhere? Don't be over-spiritual. Just answer that question. Amen. <laughs> Or if our meeting place changes and we have to tell you on WhatsApp where we're meeting today. Guys, we're going to be on the park in downtown. On your way to park downtown, you're like, oh, somebody took it fast. We have to change. It disorients everybody, right? So effect is effective, effectiveness. This is why we're thinking about buildings. I'm casting a vision in your spirit because I want you to understand why we're doing this. If you don't understand why we're doing this, you might start thinking that, oh, you know, I'm, listen, when you don't understand purpose, abuse is inevitable. You understand? Purpose is what gives us the energy to keep doing the things we're doing. Discipleship. Counseling. 
Can you imagine if somebody wants to talk to me about his, his or her marital issues and I say, let's meet at Starbucks? Right? And we are talking at Starbucks, the, what do you call it? The paper towel, what do you call it? Uh, the paper towels or whatever? It's just at a rate. <gasps> Starbucks will go like, guys, <laughs> you people are finishing our paper towel with this counseling of yours. Boof. That's a comical side of it, praise the God. But what I'm trying to say is that that's not a conducive atmosphere for somebody to pour out their heart. But if they come into the office and it's a private and quiet place, then they're able to talk. Most all of you know here that when you come to this church during the week, you will find us. True or false? I mean, you just drop by. You don't even need an appointment. You come here, you find us. You know what that does to you? It gives you confidence. When something goes wrong, I can find my pastor. But what if my office is mobile? And I always have a, <laughs> you know, the mobile salesman. <laughs> they have their offices in cyber cafes and <laughs> different places. You don't know where Pasi is today. You don't know where to find him. Do you now begin to see how it matters? It matters. Just this week, we've had a lot of things we've, do, we've done in the office during the week. We've done counseling. We've talked to people. And they come here. It's the, people don't just come here on Sundays. People come here throughout the week. Why? Because we have Bible studies. We have people who are going through issues and they just drive in and they go like, I want to talk to somebody. There's a lady that just came in and she said, you know, she had fell from in her place of work, and she came in on Friday, and she just said, you know, I just came in to just see you, pastor. And she needed, and I was, as she was talking, and I asked God, God, what does she, this lady needs? And then the Lord told me she needs you to listen to her and comfort her. So she really didn't need the Bible. So I listened to her and comforted her, and I said, God is going to be with you. After that, she was happy, right? Because she needs a pastor. But how does she get a pastor if there is no facility? Are you seeing the importance? This is significance. Because if we don't see it this way, then once we cast the vision, you go like, oh, I'm not sure about this. What about worship? Fellowship. We come here most of the time. After we are done with our second service in the evening, we stay here with a group of people until around 9 or 10. What do we do? We just fellowship. We just talk. Encourage each other. Just laugh. It's fellowship, right? Fellowship doesn't have to be spiritual. It's just something that somebody feels you're touching their spirit. You care about them. And it works in context. Listen. Houses don't make families. But families need houses. Are you getting that? Houses don't make families. There are many people who have big houses, but there's no family in there. But families need homes, houses. To come to and you sit around the table. You cannot be sitting around the table in the yard. Praise God. So when we effectively think about souls, we cannot avoid to think about buildings. Talking about tools, we cannot avoid to think about building. <laughs> I wrote here, God did not send us to build buildings. He sent us to rescue souls and disciple them. Buildings are tools to effectively do the assignment of God or God's assignment. Are you seeing the way they connect? Are you seeing the way they connect? God did not send us to build buildings. He sent us to reach out to souls. But building become a tool. For example, God did not send us to buy cars, but cars are good tools to reach out to souls, right? Because you're going to go to Walmart, you're going to drive there. But if you're going to walk to Walmart and you're sweaty and you get to Walmart and you're all messed up, you don't even have the energy to talk to somebody, right? <laughs> Amen? Is that good? Money is a tool to reach out to souls. I mean, you've not taken a shower for two weeks. You're telling somebody about Jesus. They're, they're already smelling. You know, like, man, you need to take a shower first before you talk about Jesus. <laughs> right? So the money to take a shower is a tool that presents Jesus. 
All these things are tools. We don't make them the object. The object is to get souls. But they help us in going where we need to go. So how does God intend for anything to be provided for in the kingdom? This is the content. I want you to pay a lot of attention here. How does God intend for anything to be provided for in the kingdom? Now, the first thing that we need to know is that when God gives a vision, he also provides for it. Who provides for the vision? Who provides for the vision? Is it you? Answer it. Is it you? No. No. I talked to them about it this morning. I woke up in the morning and God just, something just came rushing to me. That we do not actually provide for God's vision. God provides for his own vision. So when we are giving, we are not supporting the church and we're not supporting God. I want to kill that idea. Because that idea has made men proud. We don't support the church. We don't support the building. When we are giving, we are becoming channels through which God is providing. But let me build to that. Look at this. Luke twenty-two thirty-five. It says, and he said to them, when I sent you without many bugs. Uh, what's that? Knapsack and sandals. Did you lack anything? All right. So they said words, nothing. And the reason why I know it was really nothing because Thomas was part of these people that was sent. Because <laughs> you know Thomas will say, uh-uh, hold on. <laughs> we lacked. But Thomas did not say we didn't lack, right? Jesus is saying, when I sent you without money, did you lack anything? Why? Because his sending has money in it. Are we agreeing with that? His sending has money in it, which means his vision has provision under it. So which means man does not provide for what God has envisioned. Man does not provide for it. I want us to start there. Another scripture is Psalms 23, 1 to 2. He says, we know this Psalms, right? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not now he does, he does what? He makes me lie down in green pasture. He leads me beside the still water. He, 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 he. Who is providing? God, the Lord. So when God sent me to Oklahoma City, he already provided for it. When God built, uh, said, said we're going to do a poverty church, he has already provided for it. Okay? Now let's build the next level to this. God channels, now that's the perfect word right there. God channels provision through people with a willing heart or willing hearts. This is good. God is the one that provides, but his channel is people with a willing heart. This is beautiful. Are you getting this? So which means even though God is the one providing, he looks for a willing heart to bring the provision through. He looks for a willing heart to bring the provision through. So the vessel cannot claim to be the one meeting the need. The vessel is the one that is opening him or herself up for the Lord to meet the need through him or her. This is, this is teaching that needs to happen in the Christian fold. Because many Christians think, it's my money, I am going to choose who I'm going to help. No, 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 no. It's not even your money. It is not your money. Did you pay for breath? I mean, ask yourself, who woke you up in the morning? The same place that you were driving every day, somebody died yesterday night. Are you better than them? So you can't say, when it's money, no, no, it's my money. Because there are factors that made you get the money that you have no control over. Have no control over. 
1 Corinthians. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 29, 8-9. And whoever had precious stones gave them to the treasury of the house of the Lord into the hands of Jehiel, the Gerishonite. Then the people rejoiced for they had offered willingly because with a loyal heart they had offered willingly to the Lord and King David also rejoiced greatly. There was a need in the house that people caught the need by the Spirit of God and allowed themselves to be a channel through what which God meets the need. Same, 1 Corinthians 16, 29, 16 to 17. Oh Lord our God, all this abundance that we have prepared to build you a house, to build you a house for your holy name is from your Okay, are you reading together here? Read that, read that. The things I have prepared is from you. <laughs> so you're just a preparer. <laughs> read it. Oh Lord God. If, listen, if you have time, go and read that uh, Second Chronicles, is it First Chronicles 29? It's beautiful. Because David was preparing for the house of the Lord that his son is going to build. Okay? He said, oh Lord our God, all this abundance that we have prepared to build you a house, you a house for your holy name is from your hand and is all your own. Can you see that? 17 is even more beautiful. It says, I know also my God that you test the heart and have pleasure in uprightness. As for me, in the uprightness of my heart, I have willingly offered all these things. And now with joy, I have seen your people who are present here offer willingly to you. So you are a channel, but it belongs to God. He gave you first. So this is where the word, where the word stewardship comes from. You have been given finances to steward. Now let me give you something that will free you from financial bondage. The day you will realize that the money you're receiving is for stewardship, the day your life begins to change. For as long as you think that the money that is coming to you is me earning money, you push God away from the question. You've got to come to a place and realize whatever I am receiving is for me to steward. Once you realize it's for you to steward, you're more interested in pleasing the person who gave it than pleasing yourself. Financial bondage comes when we overemphasize money as being something that we need. Like I always teach that money is good in your pocket, but very bad in your heart. Praise God. When money is in your heart, it's dangerous. But when it is in the wallet, ask me. It's very beautiful. <laughs> I love it to have money in my wallet, right? But I don't let it come to my heart. Because when you bring money into your heart, then now you have brought another God. Because you cannot serve two masters. My heart has only one throne. Jesus sitting there. Amen. So God meets ministry needs through burdened heart. I think somebody needs to tweet that or put that somewhere. Amen. Make sure you give me credit. <laughs> Say Pastor Marvelous. It feels nice. Amen. God meets ministry needs through burdened hearts. <laughs> oh, this is good. When, now listen, God wants to build a house. Right now, we're thinking 
right? Because it is God still who works in us both to will and to do, right? So this thinking is being started by the Holy Spirit, right? Now, as I am speaking, there are people who are getting the burden here. As the people are getting the burden here, God is going to use you. Now, the problem with this is that somebody is getting the burden and they're looking at their account. Now, God did not tell you, look at your account. God says, receive the burden and begin walking by faith. Because that walk of faith also impacts your own life. I am saying we are building this building debt free. Now, if you do a math of how many we are, I shouldn't be talking like that, right? But I am not talking from our accounts. I am talking from his accounts. Because he has an account in heaven. When he sent us, he knew these people will need a building. So he provided for it. What I'm doing right now is casting vision so that the people that God will burden with this will come, become partners with us in this work. Does that make sense? We don't look at people. However, the channel for provision from God is people. Are you getting this? <laughs> so we are not, <laughs> listen, listen, we don't, if you have been in this church long enough, there is nobody's wallet that is our priority. Our priority is your spirit and your heart, right? I don't look, I don't, I don't elevate anybody or reduce anybody based on what they give. And you never hear me talking about somebody's giving. Are you getting me? So we don't look at people. Even in this church, we are looking at God to be the provider, right? But we understand the channel is people. So why am I casting vision? Because I understand the channel is us. Channel is you and me. For example, God tells us to feed the poor. How is he going to feed the poor? He's going to drop turkeys from heaven. Now somebody has to go buy the turkey, right? And prepare it. So God is going to feed the poor that he wants to be fed through people. This, this is practical, right? This is just practical stuff. We want to house the homeless. Is God going to be building? You just see a, a 12 units of building coming from heaven. Coming, 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 move. <laughs> and the units, boom. And then you, no, that's not what God does. Once God says, I want you to feed the people. I want you to take children to school. Then he, in, he, he puts a burden in somebody's heart. Why? Because God is always looking for a willing vessel. And know this, God will always find a willing vessel. Praise God. Amen. If a person shuts their heart, God is not, you know, he's not fussy about that. God will always get a willing heart that is willing to do what he wants. So let me give you some few steps here and we close. How do I do this? Maybe you're asking yourself there. How do I become part of this? How do I become part of this? Number one, honor the burden. Honor the burden. As I'm speaking to you right now, something is weighing down in your spirit and you're like, I want to be part of this. Honor that burden. The problem with men is that when God is speaking to them, they start, no, 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 he's not speaking to me. It must be the person in front of me. It's you. Listen to what the Bible says here in Hebrews 3.15. <laughs> While it is said, today, if you will hear his voice, do not burden, harden your heart as in the rebellion. Don't. Honor the burden regardless of your bank account. Because in you honoring the burden, God begins to honor you. Honor it. I was looking at the amount of money we gave last year and the amount of money we receive. I, I asked myself, how did we survive? I'm telling you. I looked at the amount of money we gave and the amount of money we receive here. And I asked myself, how did we survive? Remember, babe? I asked myself, babe, you know, I didn't know. So when they 
statements came and I added, I said, babe, wait, look at what's happening here. This is how much we gave. Then how did we survive? It doesn't make sense. God takes care of his people. And I'm looking good, right? Amen. Not like January. You know, January my neck was like this. From fasting. I looked at my picture like, no, I'm not putting those things online. (laughs) I looked so funny. One of those days I put on a suit. The suit was like this. The suit was putting me on. I was not even putting the suit. (laughs) Amen. Hallelujah. I'll tell you the truth. I don't know how my wife and I survive in this country. I'm telling you the truth. It it is strange. I don't know. If I can only tell you this privately. If you want, come, I'll show you. I'll show you the numbers. You start asking yourself, really? This is what you get? This is how much you give? There's some money you're getting somewhere you're not telling us. And I'll tell you there's nothing. God beautifies his people. God beautifies his people. God has, listen, God has cologne that never ends for Titus. <laughs> God has cologne that never ends for Titus. So you don't smell. You're always looking beautiful. He has cocoa butter for Titus. Praise God. You're always looking vibrant. Always doing things. For pe- Lord, listen, God will take care of you. Amen. God will take care of you. Don't second guess him. Just honor God. God will take care of you. Listen, the money you are looking at is, is little in itself. You know it. And you're still looking at it for solution. <laughs> you, know the, you know what you're earning, right? Is way little, but you're still looking at it for solution. You know, like, this thing can't help me, but you're still forcing it to help you. Number one, honor the burden. Honor it. Once it starts weighing down on you, how do you honor it? Say, Lord God, yes, sir. I'm going to be part of it. Because he has not asked you how much. He has just asked you to be part of it. So what he say is, yes, sir, I agree. I'm going to be part of it. The next step is this. Budget to respond to the burden. <laughs> Amen? The reason why people don't give is because they are not good with their own money. Financial stewardship is what encourages Generosity. You're only generous to the extent that you take care of the money you receive. Because money has a voice. You know, money has legs, right? Oh my God. You are okay. For the last two months, you've not gone out eating anything. You've not bought anything, right? Then you get a check. All of a sudden, some appetite starts coming from some... (laughs) Appetites that were dead. In fact, when the appetite came, it just came and said, "Mm, I'm going back. This one cannot fulfill me. (laughs) Now, after two months, you've not done anything. You get a good check. The appetites come alive. Then you begin to honor the appetites. Don't do that. The same way they came and left two months ago. Tell them, so long, (laughs) bye-bye. Right? The clothes you have are enough. Are you getting me? The clothes you have are enough. Nobody gets grades for clothes. They're enough. To honor God, you must adjust your life. To honor God, you must adjust your life. You know, there are people who say, oh, you know, the church, when you go there, they are uh, requiring you to give. But when they are going to discos and clubs, they pay. Right? But they never say, oh, man, you know, Jay-Z is asking for money. (laughs) And half the time you are singing his own song. He's not even singing. (laughs) He entertains you. You sing half of his songs. 
You get drunk and you fight each other and you have an eye you need to go to the doctor. A black eye. But at the end of that, nobody complains like, man, I don't like Jay-Z. He's my idol, man, with a black eye. Praise God. <laughs> and we need to talk about this stuff, right? Let's talk about it. When it is secular, nobody's talking about it. Do you, have you seen some of these beautiful casinos? I was driving with my wife going to Kansas one time, and I got to the border, and I saw a casino. I said, why? And if we build our churches like this, everybody's like, hey, look at them. But the casino, everybody's okay with the casino. That people go in there and are lost. Families are being broken in that place. Everybody is not, not a problem. But we, when we build our churches, oh, look at them. Did they import that thing? Shut up. We've got to be objective about this stuff. We need churches that can be able to get, bring, get in the people that we are going to minister to. We need those buildings. So budget, budget. God is not forcing you. God has laid a burden in you. So you budget. Budget your money. And the truth is that when you sit with your money, you can find something to give. You know why? Because people are good at promoting what is evil, but they don't promote what is God. I'm telling you. They promote what is evil. But what is of God, they don't put their money inside it. My wife and I don't joke with our tithe. Once it, money lands like this, it's out. You know, because we know that is obedience to God. And before we even think about the rent or anything, the tithe has to go out. It has to go out. And after the tithe, we still give over and above. And we are still alive. We have not died. We have not died. Are you seeing this? Tithe is a good place to start from. It's not a good place to remain. I told you about the story of, uh, what's he called? Uh, Rick Warren. He talk, talked about a story. He gives 90% of his earnings. And the 10 that remains, he can't even finish. Don't you think that's good? I want to come to a place where 95% I'm giving. Because then the 5% will be more than enough for you and me and my children. More than enough for me. Are you getting this? Don't let your heart be cold when you listen to this. Look at what it says in Corinthians. Uh, 2 Corinthians 9.5 Therefore, I thought it necessary to exhort the brethren to go to you ahead of time and prepare. Say prepare. prepare. Say prepare. prepare. So there is a budgeting involved. Don't wait until it is the day we normally give our offering to go like, oh, so we were supposed to give? What, what, what were you thinking? <laughs> don't get like, oh, oh. Don't come to church and go like, oh, sorry, we're supposed to give? You know you are coming to church. You know giving is part of church, right? So you plan to give. Let's be people who are responsible with what God has given us. So look at that. He said, and prepare your generous, okay? It is still generous, but it's prepared. Are we looking at it? It's still, but it's prepared. Generous gifts beforehand, which you had previously pledged or promised that it may be ready as a matter of generosity and not as a grudging obligation. Don't give grudgingly. Don't. In fact, this message, don't go home and say, mm, he really pushed us. We have to give. No, that, that give. no, don't give it. I said, man, this guy really pushed it. No, no, no. I'm just trying to minister to your spirit. Don't give grudgingly. Give out of a generous and a willing heart. I told you that God is looking for a willing heart. 
And that's the seed that he blesses. And then lastly here, give willingly. And I think that's give willingly. <laughs> First Corinthians 4. If there is first a willing mind, it is accepted according to what one has. God has never asked you to give anything you don't have. Don't tell God, God, you're asking me to give and I don't have money. You're trying to tell God you're a liar. God never asked you to give anything you don't have. Which means some, the thing you have has a seed in it. A seed in it. According to what he has and not according to what he does not have. God never asks anybody to give what they do not have. Let me finish with these thoughts. Remember, being used of God is not the same as helping God. Are you getting that? Being used of God is not the same as helping God. Never have the mentality of your helping God. Whenever we give, Amen. Let's read First Chronicles twenty nine fourteen. Look at this, Psalm twenty nine. Okay, look at this. This is going to change your mind. It says, "But who am I? That who and who are my people that we should be able to offer so willingly as this?" For all things comes from you, and of your own we have given you. Please, go and print this one and put on your fridge next to your wedding photo. This will be a good scripture. So that you start understanding that your giving is first what you received from God. And the one who gave first is still willing to populate that pocket. Amen. God will never demand from you what you have no ability to give. On the other hand, God will never demand from you what does not take faith to give? Okay, you need to wrestle with that a little bit. <laughs> Can you see that? God will never demand from you to give what you don't have. On the other hand, he doesn't ask you to give anything that doesn't take faith. So you have to understand that this giving will take some faith at some point. In fact, at all points. It's a bit quiet in here. The Lord bless you. Amen. May the Lord walk in your heart and continue walking in your heart. Amen. Anybody that pays attention to the seed of the word of God we've shared today. I see God himself honoring you in the name of Jesus Christ. I see God honoring you in the name of Jesus Christ. In Jesus name. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. So we are going to be giving, right? But I want to give you time to go and plan. We will be giving every last, every last Sunday of the month, okay? We'll be taking an offering towards our building, okay? Every last, but this one we're going to do it the first because I'd like you to go and prepare. I was hoping that we'd do it today, but I sense in my spirit you need to go and prepare yourself. Okay? So next week we'll take offering. Right? Don't make it stop you coming of church. <laughs> Amen. Next week and then every, you go like every other night, end of month, I'm not showing up. Uh-uh. That's not good. That's hiding in your heart toward God. Remember, God is not asking you to give your whole salary. But the Holy Spirit will speak to you. Okay? Sit down and work out with the Holy Spirit. Now, this is over and above your tithe. 
Don't give your tithe towards it. Are you getting this? This is over and above your tithe. Your tithe is something different, right? What we are asking for is you've already done your tithe. Now you're saying we need to build. Are you saying this? We need to build. And you're giving towards the offering. You're giving towards the building. So this, we are relaunching what we call the building fund. And we'll continue giving towards the building fund. Remember, God will always find a willing soul to give. Do you receive this? Do you receive this today? Let's be on our feet. Amen. Praise God. Jesus is Lord. Father, we give you praise. Lord God, you're the one who has brought this word. You have brought this word in power and anointing. And I've cast this vision, my God, the best way I know how to. And Lord God, I believe in you. Now, Lord God, even beyond this place, many people have heard this message. And Lord God, there are willing hearts in this place and outside this place that will continue giving. Father, I give you praise and I give you glory in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. Praise God. Do you receive it today? Surely God's goodness and his mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives and we shall dwell in the presence of the Lord forever. Amen. Peace. So when you're coming next week, come with your Titan offering and also come with your debt-free building towards our building fund. May the Lord bless you. We have many ways of giving there. Uh, if you choose to give in one of these ways, make sure you indicate that it's going towards the building fund. If you're giving towards the building fund, we'll have an option towards the giving fund. There's a cash up ways to give, text to give. Now the text to give, when you do it the first time, it will ask you for your details. Then after that, it will just be automatic. So make sure you're using these channels to give. I love you all. God bless you. In Jesus' name, amen.